Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Bryn Wise, and you are listening to the Grace Mama Grace podcast. I am a mom who struggles with mom guilt, and I am working tirelessly to overcome it. It is my mission to help you remember that you are enough, exactly the way you are. You are the mother your children need, and you are perfect as a mother just because you love your kids. Let's do this. Hello, hello, my gorgeous friends. Welcome back. I'm super stoked to be here today with my friend Whitney. And Whitney and I go way back. Her husband and has been a friend of my family's for as long as I can remember. We have some really, really good family friends that my mom and this other mom were just like two peas in a pod. They were pregnant together. They went through all that nest together. And then they just kind of grew and grew and grew. And there was a third mom that was all in this like little, little club of awesomeness. And they had kids all the same ages And we just, I don't even know (laughs) what to call ourselves, but it was just this awesome tribe of people who love each other and were there for each other. And there was like lots of times where we moved or separations or life or things, but somehow we always found a way to like come back together. And it's one of those families where like you've, you've been apart for a long time, but somehow you just still feel like no time has passed at all. And she is married to Justin, who is part of that family. And um, we've actually only met in person like a handful of times. Yeah, yeah. But, But it's so, so awesome when you can just have this relationship with someone that you may not even see that much, but you just, you just kind of hit it off. And I, I found Whitney just, I I really, it was one of those like, oh my gosh, how have I not been following you on Instagram type things? And I followed her and she followed me back. And I swear, like literally that same day I saw her post about this podcast and I was like, whoa, (laughs) wow, that was, that was so fast. And, and it just made me like, oh my gosh, she's just so awesome. And it made me just, cause sometimes you know how you're, you're not a prophet in your own land. Like even Christ, right. Was like, isn't that just like Joseph, the carpenter's son. Right. And so sometimes even my, like my closest friends and family don't necessarily listen to this podcast. And they're like, no, it's just Bryn. Like I know her. Right. (laughs) But it made me feel so good that like this girl whom I've known for several years now, longtime family friend that she just like, she just dove right in and she knew that there was nuggets to be found here. So I wanted to bring her on because she is a beautiful mama of a cute little girl, Lily. And she, when she, when her daughter was four months old, she had a little heart scare. Um, and there was a lot of, a lot of things that started and a lot of anxiety that happened. And so she has since turned her social media platform into a safe place for moms to come and to just feel some hope in hardship when you find out that something hard is going on with your cute little. So with no further ado, my friend Whitney, I just want you welcome, first of all. Hi. (laughs) And tell us a little bit of your backstory. Tell us about how everything went down with your cute Lily. 
Well, um, so she is, is two. She is the sassiest blonde hair, blue eyed little girl that I just absolutely adore. And, you know, with her only being a toddler, she's already a person that I want to be like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of a, a, a background story. Um, as Bryn said, we found out when my daughter was four months old that she um, had a heart murmur. Her doctor was a little concerned. He, you know, heard a little something, something at her wellness checkup and wanted us to see a pediatric cardiologist just to see what's going on, you know, see if there's anything we need to worry about. So we made the appointment and I, I want to say we had like maybe two or three weeks um, in between the two appointments. And at that time, I was trying to force myself to be into the mentality of everything's okay. You know, it's just the doctor wanting to make sure everything's just fine. But at the same time, I was telling Brent earlier, I'm, I, I kind of jumped to the negative what ifs very quickly with any upcoming things that, you know, are, are coming up. And I was kind of telling myself, what if there is something very wrong? What if there is something that we need to be very, very worried about? And I had expressed those feelings with some family and friends before um, the initial appointment with the cardiologist. And they said, oh, I know of so-and-so who had a murmur and it's nothing to worry about, or they had a murmur and it's, you know, they just need to go have an appointment every so often. Um, And I tried to be hopeful that that was the case for us. So we we went to to the appointment. now, and keep in mind, my daughter's only four months. So I still have those postpartum hormones mm-hmm. as Bryn definitely knows how, how all of that goes. So we, we go in to the appointment and, um, we were down to one car at the time, Justin had to work. So my friend dropped us off and, um, we're in and immediately when we went into the hospital, I felt like we were at the right place. Oddly enough, I know a lot of people kind of see hospitals as just the scary type of spot, but I just felt enormous peace. Like we were there at the right time for the right reasons. So we go in, we're asked a couple of, of questions, um, you know, family history, medical history, we're, we're doing all of that. And then some tests were, were brought in and um, she had an, an EKG which is one of those tests where they do the um, stickers on the chest and the monitors with the wavelength papers. And then we went into another room and she had an echocardiogram, which is just the ultrasound of the the heart. Um, And there were a lot of pictures taken and I am no no medical expert. So I, I couldn't really tell what was going on on the ultrasounds, but almost, Immediately when the test was done, the doctor came in and he sat me down and he said, your daughter needs open heart surgery. And I, I, I asked him again, I'm like, wait, can you say that again? Can you, you know, repeat yourself? And he said, she needs open heart surgery. And, and this is why. And he, he explained to me that she had a hole in her ventricle. So she had a hole in between um, two of the chambers of her heart. 
which was basically preventing blood from traveling throughout her body properly. And um, her, her heart defect um, was called Tetralogy of Fallot, which Bryn, you had a guest speaker from New Jersey recently. It's pretty much the same defect, but I think her little boy had another thing on top of that, which is common for kids with TOS. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he, he was telling me what was, was going on. And I still felt a lot of disbelief. I'm like, am I hearing this right? Um, and then he started asking me questions like, so has she always breathed so fast? And I answered yes, because, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, she's just a baby mm-hmm. and I'm the oldest of six kids and I helped my parents a lot. So I've, I've been around babies and I know that babies, when they get excited mm-hmm. or worked up, they tend to breathe a lot mm-hmm. or at least breathe, breathe very fast. And so, you know, before any of this was going on, whenever I heard my daughter breathing fast, I just thought, oh, she's just excited or, you know, everything is just fine. Mm-hmm. So guilt trip number one started right then and there when he explained that. And then he also asked, does your daughter feel very, very cold to the touch. And I said, yes. And he explained that was because of poor circulation. Um, and that's another thing that just, I, I felt so bad that I, I never thought of anything being wrong with her being so cold because she was born in the winter, you know? And I just, you know, I, I knew the doctor wasn't trying to make me feel bad because I know that's not their, their intention at all. He just simply asking questions so he could know of how to better treat her. But I still felt so guilty that I didn't notice these things about my daughter. And I just felt like a terrible mom because I didn't notice anything being wrong with, with her. Well, and I just think that is honestly, that is so common, especially as a first time parent. Like, and I yeah. think the things that you said are a hundred percent valid. Like, yeah. Oh, she's just excited, you know, or like, yeah. Oh, she was born in the winter. She's cold, you know? And I, yeah. it honestly, I think it just comes down to one of my favorite quotes, as far as just like allowing that mom guilt to be released is you, you just do the best you can. And then when you know better, do better. Right. Mm-hmm. And you were doing the best you could. And now you know better. So now you can do better. Right. And I love that you've one. That's exactly what you've done. Like you didn't, you didn't know any better, but now you do. And, and now you're using your voice, your message to share with, with other moms and other women out there who may be going through something similar, which I love so that you can empower those first time moms who are in your shoes that like, <laughs> Hey, yeah. watch for this, you know, yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I remember the first time we, we brought her home from the hospital. Um, you know, we were told by friends and family, Oh, in that newborn phase, you won't get any sleep, nothing like that. So get, get prepared. And she slept through the night for a couple months 
as you know, an, a newborn baby. And I remember Justin and I woke up in the middle of the the night and, you know, we went to check in on her. She was still breathing, but you know, the, the cardiologist told me that her over sleeping and her sleeping through the night is because her body has been going into overtime, trying to provide as much oxygen and blood as it could with this hole in her heart. I thought we got lucky that we hit the jackpot, you know, with such a good sleeping baby, but you know, that was not the, the case at all. And I, Bryn, it's, it took me almost a year for that guilt to just not really be there, or at least for it to, at least for me to be able to tell myself, okay, you know, these, these thoughts of, of guilt and feeling like a terrible mom are really not my own and it's not true. So I just need to, you know, push that aside and just, you know, just like you said, you, you learn and you, you do better next time. Yeah. Well, and I think there's, whether it's a heart defect or any, I feel like every mom out there can relate in some way, shape or form Yeah, because we all, I mean, every, it's a really a miracle that children are even born for one and Mm -hmm. and that they, that they can thrive. But I, I mean, my son was just fine, but my, my second oldest, my daughter, she has had like, and hopefully this isn't TMI, but whatever, right. We're like comfortable here. Um, (laughs) but she has struggled like pooping since day one. And, um, I have pictures of her as like a two week old baby and her tummy was just so distended. Mm -hmm. And, um, we took her in to the pediatrician and they just like stuck a little Q-tip up her little bum and then just pushed on her tummy. And I'm not joking, probably like a cup of poop came out of this tiny little body. And I was like, what in the actual heck? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's, she's almost three, she'll be three in June and it's still a struggle. And we've gone to two different gastroenterologists to try to get like opinions about it. And like, cause I mean, you got to poop like, or else your stomach hurts and you bloat and she's tiny, 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 Mm -hmm. tiny. So she's just I mean, she can talk like nobody's business, but her body is just so (laughs) small. So she's just this dainty little princess with this tiny voice and she can totally (laughs) speak her mind and her heart, you know, Yeah. everybody's like, how old is she? You know, cause Mm -hmm. her brain, she talks like she's five, but she's like, she looks like 18 month old, tiny with this beautiful long blonde hair. Anyways, she's just, she's just the best, but like we she struggles to gain weight because her stomach is so full of poop that it fills up very quickly. And so she doesn't gain weight much because she doesn't eat very much. Right. And Mm -hmm. we've done everything we can to, to help her. And I remember going through like all these tests and all the things. And it was exactly like you said, like my brain just automatically went to like worst case scenario when she was like, the, in the first week of her life, she wasn't gaining weight yeah. and, um, she, she had a really hard time latching. And now like in hindsight, it's cause her tummy was full. She didn't mm-hmm. need to eat. Right. So she didn't, yeah. she didn't feel the need to latch. So yeah. she was like losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. And on day six or seven, we had to go in for daily weight checks that first week. 
of her life. And on the sixth day, our pediatrician was like, okay, if she doesn't gain weight by tomorrow, like she has to go back to the hospital and we need to put Mm -hmm. her on like a feeding tube type thing. And like, like exactly, like you said, as a new mom, like with, I mean, it was my second, but I didn't deal with anything like this with my first. Right. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) and it, it just automatically takes you to that place of like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, what did I do? It's all my fault. What did I do wrong in pregnancy? Blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, and I must be a terrible mother, right? Like just all these, all these things that don't come from God. Like they just no, no. Like that, right? <laughs> And so, we, but we, it ended up being a beautiful opportunity to like fast with my family. And mm-hmm. for those of you who aren't familiar with fasting, we just abstained from food for 24 hours, food and water in order to like pray for a cause. Right. And so, and even my, even my sister, who's not really a person of faith, she doesn't necessarily believe in God. She, she joined us and it meant so much to me. And, and she ended up turning the corner. She ended up being okay. Like we didn't have to go into the hospital and, and Mm -hmm. it ended up being this beautiful experience for us, but it's been this long road of like, yay, there's hope. Oh, we're going back to the pediatrician and all of a sudden there's no hope and we got to do more <laughs> tests and more tests. And, yeah. and then we hear back from the gastroenterologist and she's okay, but she's not okay. Like we have no answers at this point. She's almost mm-hmm. three. And like the only answer we've got right now is that her colon is redundant, meaning it yeah. just is a little longer and more twisty than most people's colons. Mm-hmm. So our hope is that as she grows and as she gets taller and as she, you know, that it will stretch itself out and then she yeah. won't have, she won't have as much constipation issues and stuff, but yeah, like totally in those moments of all the tests and things, I just had so many people that were like, are you doing okay? Like, how's your anxiety stuff? Like, how's that going? And, mm-hmm. and I just remember, I really felt like a piece that came over me that I know was not my own. And it was just essentially that, that idea and that concept of, I have done everything in my control and now it's just time to have faith and it's not going to help anything or anyone myself included or my daughter included to just Mm -hmm. sit here in this worry and in this funk, it's going to turn me. And I don't know about you, Miss Whitney, but it was the exact (laughs) same thing when COVID hit. Like I found myself in this like spiral of anxiety spiral of, oh my gosh, what the, what the, what the, what the, what the, like, and, and it turned me into mom stir. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think as moms, sometimes we think we're like, I'm just such a good mom because I'm really worried about my kid. But when we actually (laughs) stop and like, think about what that worry is doing to us on like a daily basis, it is turning us into a vicious raging beast, right? That you touch the wrong way or look the wrong way. And it's like, right. Like, oh my gosh, we pretty much turned into like an emotional freaking porcupine where it's like everything that comes at us just implodes and gets onto everything or everyone that's around us. Yes. Yeah. And I I literally just had this conversation with my friend the other day because she had her son got this like lump in his throat and Uh she like, she, oh my gosh, struggles with anxiety and she took him in, got an x-ray, but of course it was like a Friday. And so then you don't hear back for X, Y, Z amount of days. And, and she was just like debilitated by this anxiety Mm -hmm. 
And I was, I just gave her a hug and I was like, girlfriend, you have done everything in your power. Don't ruin today and tomorrow and Sunday worrying just live today. Cause there's literally nothing more you can do for him and because you've already done it. And, and so I think giving ourselves that (laughs) grace, mama, like when you, when you're going through these hard times and there's so many unanswered questions, I know it is hard, but literally just, you know what? I'm going to breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to pray. I'm going to exercise some faith and I'm going to choose to live right now. Never yeah. overwhelmed is what now stands for in my opinion. Yeah. Never overwhelmed. And, yeah. and then I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Right. Exactly. At the same time though, I will, I will add this. Um, I think it is important for us to keep our cool when, you know, hard things do come on and to not allow the overwhelming fear of the unknown to just consume us. But I do think it's okay for us to at least allow ourselves a little bit of time to grieve to a certain extent or to allow us to be a little bit afraid. I, I remember, so we, we had a month in between Lily's diagnosis and her surgery. And I, I remember during that month, I was pretty much, and I, I love Grey's Anatomy. So I, I hope, you know, people kind of know where I'm, you know, at with this, I kind of felt like Owen Hunt, when he found out his sister might be alive after being supposedly dead for 10 plus years. And the, there's the episode where he is just kind of going on throughout his day at work. And it's like everything around him is just not really happening for him. He's in this like, like days of like, oh my gosh, what is about to happen? What is going on? That's kind of how I was for the entire month until she was out of the, the OR. Mm-hmm. And I wish I didn't allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. I hate to admit this, but I kind of allowed myself to be in that funk for so long, which is not healthy at all. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, I didn't allow anyone to really be there for me. I mean, Justin was there. He had the exact same fears and anxieties that I did, but I didn't really allow him to be there as my husband. And so I, I guess, you know, with us as parents and our kids, when they are sick, it's okay to be afraid for a little bit, but don't allow that to consume you. Don't allow it to just take a hold of your life and try ever so hard to not allow it to affect your relationships, your marriage. If you are are married and your relationship with your kid, because, you know, with, with the, the blessings of, um, social media, I've been able to meet virtually so many moms whose kids have had the same heart defect or, you know, something totally different, but, you know, they have been in the same boat if their kid needing to have open heart surgery and their kid does not make it. 
which breaks my heart. And so I, I guess why I, I, I emphasize so much the, the willpower to not be so consumed with fear is because you never know what could, could happen. You have, we, unfortunately, we have no saying what happens. That is all up to God. He has his plan. You know, he knows what, what will, will happen. And I just, I just feel like we need to be as happy and hopeful as we can, because we never know if it'll be our last day, if it'll be our kid's last day. Um, you know, it's, it's not worth it to be so consumed with the fear. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I really feel like everyone has to take time to heal. And for some people, some people heal very quickly because they lean into the pain very quickly. And some people take a lot longer to heal because they are avoiding the pain. But then as soon as they're ready to confront it, then they can, and then they heal. Right. But the, the important, I mean, it's just like a bodily injury, right? If I break my arm and I go immediately to the doctor and I'm like, all right, I know something's wrong. Like, let's fix this. Then guess what? I'm on my way to healing a lot faster versus maybe someone else who breaks their arm and says like, no, I'm okay. It just, it just hurts. Like I'm all right. Right. And then they let it sit for a week or two weeks or three weeks or a month or heaven forbid, longer than that. And then they're like, well, no, like this really isn't getting better. Like I probably should get it figured out. And by then it's healed incorrectly. So they have to re-break it. And then, you know what I mean? And it's the exact same process when it comes to our emotions, healing Mm -hmm. physically, whether it's healing physically or emotionally, it's the same process. If you get hurt, emotionally, you gotta, you gotta confront it. And, and the faster you can just sit in the suck is what I always like to say, (laughs) but the faster you can sit in that sucky, like it sucks, right? Feelings are meant to be felt and they are there to teach us, to educate us. There's something to be learned in those moments, right? Mm -hmm. And the faster we can lean into the pain and recognize, you know what, like, this is what I'm feeling. And this is why I'm feeling it. I'm angry because God gave like X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, and you can be mad at whoever you need to be mad at. Yes. (laughs) And I'm sad because blah, 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 blah. I'm hurt because da, 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 da. I'm afraid because blah, 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 blah. But I'm grateful because ba da, 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 and then pull yourself back out. And I, I know, or I love, or I feel right. And taking yourself through that journey of, of, you know what, I'm going to speak this out, whether it's in prayer or to a a friend, or I'm going to write it out and I'm going to, I'm going to get this out. I have to, I have to, right. And it's, if you go back and listen to my podcast called grace with your emotions, I talk a little bit more about this, but just speaking it out or writing it out and just, you gotta feel it. You have to. Yeah. And, And that's the only way you can really exactly. Like you said, give yourself that, you know what I felt this and now I'm okay. Mm -hmm. to experience my life again versus 
go through my life in a daze and a funk, not letting anyone help me feeling completely like a zombie. Yeah. Not even really knowing what happened in the last month or two, because I was just completely dazed, you know? Oh yeah. And I think this kind of applies to us as, as moms, but as, as far as our, our, our kids, if we, if we have any kids that, you know, end up sick, like mine was, or if we have anyone, any of our, our kids that have a lifelong type of, um, injury or, you know, disease or anything like that. I, it it took me a while to, to realize this, but, you know, having that, that child in our life is not a punishment from God. And I think it's something that we don't always realize. Hi, honey. The cute little girl has joined us today. Anyway, I, I, I truly believe that having a kid that, you know, is very sick or, you know, like I said, major lifelong injury of whatever it is, it's not a punishment. It's because God knows that we are the perfect parent for them. And it's because God knows that our child has a spirit, has a soul, whatever you want to call it, that is strong enough to handle that. And so my daughter, she, she was a rock star with her recovery. I mean, she was in the ICU for maybe like 26 hours, which is way ahead of what any other patient with her diagnosis had at, at the the hospital. And even some of the, the doctors at primary children's were like, are her monitors reading correctly? I mean, they were astounded with how well she, she did. And I truly believe it's because heavenly father knew that she would be a rock star and her spirit. I truly believe just fought so hard. I mean, I just, I just think we are just blessed to have such amazing, unique spirits in our lives and our families, um, that can handle whatever comes their way. And I think, you know, like I said, it's not a punishment from God. It's because they know that we as parents and our kids can handle the really hard things. Oh, amen. I I love that. And I wanted to read one thing while you were saying that it made me think of this. Um, so this actually comes from one of my favorite, um, speakers who's a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's one of the the living apostles, but his name is elder Holland. And that's actually where my son Holland got his name. But, um, this comes from a talk that he gave in October, 2020 called waiting on the Lord. And he says with apologies to elder Neil a Maxwell for daring to modify and enlarge something he once said, I too suggest that one's life cannot be both faith-filled and stress-free. It simply will not work to glide naively through life, saying as we sip another glass of lemonade, Lord, give me all thy choicest virtues, but be certain not to give me grief, nor sorrow, nor pain, nor opposition. Please do not let anyone dislike me or betray me, and above all, do not ever let me feel forsaken by thee or those I love. In fact, Lord, be careful to keep me from all the experiences that made thee divine. 
And then when the rough sledding by everyone else is over, please let me come and dwell with thee where I can boast about how similar our strengths and characters are as I float along on my cloud of comfortable Christianity. And I love that. I love that because it just, it really does remind me of like, even Christ went through so many hard things, right? And he himself asked the father, like, where in the heck are you? Like, this is really hard and this sucks so much. Please take this away from me. Nevertheless, (laughs) not what, not my will, but thine be done. Right. Like even Christ, even Christ struggled through. And sometimes I Mm -hmm. think when we go through hard things, especially as parents that you're just like, man alive. Like I'm doing my best. I'm doing what, what you wanted me to do. Why, why, why? Right. And that, that type of concept of, you know what this, I, I can't boast about how similar our strengths are if I don't go through hard things, you know, and exactly. So, and I, I love, Elder Holland for so, so many reasons, but that talk that you just, you know, quoted was very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And I, I do want to add, you know, and, and this is for everyone that, you know, has a faith in Christ, hope in Christ, that type of thing. You know, it's not just for us that are members of the LDS church, but you know, Christ, he felt every physical, emotional, mental pain that we have gone through and that we will go through. And it's not just for those that believe in him, but he did it for every single person that has been on here on this earth that is here right now that will come, which is very unbelievable to a certain extent and a little uncomprehendable. That's a lot of people and like, you know, you and I have been taught about that our entire lives. And I just, I, I had to, to tell myself, you know, when I just felt this heavy, excruciating, emotional, mental pain, um, that, you know, even though I couldn't really relate to a lot of people, I, I couldn't feel like I could really talk to a lot of people. There was someone who was there and is always there wanting to, to take those burdens, make those burdens feel lighter. It's just a matter of us turning to him. And I, I bet you with every dollar that I have right now that I've ever made that he felt the exact same pain for my daughter. And I had that very overwhelming confirmation, you know, with her, her recovery, it's, it's like, you know, Christ cares so much about kids. It talks about that a lot in the, the Bible and other scriptures that he loves children and he would do anything to take away their pain and their suffering. And to a certain extent, you know, he, he does. And but it's just a matter of us having that faith and that courage and reliance on him that he will do what is necessary to at least make things more bearable for us. He doesn't take away all of our pain and all of our suffering, but hi, but he makes it possible for us to at least live and endure, you know, for however long it will, it will happen for Mm 
Oh, amen. And I love that. And I'm so thankful you said that. Um, I do want to ask, just curious. Yeah. One, does she have any like long lasting health effects from this? And two, does it make you afraid to have any more kids based on your experience? So to answer the first question, um, as far as we know, there is a like a 0.5% chance or so that she'll ever need to have another surgery. Wow. When, so, um, when we met with her surgeon the day of, of, of everything, he said that she had a golden case, meaning it wouldn't need to be a full repair as it is with her, her type of heart defect. Cause, oh, I'm sorry. Here, here. Cause normally with TOF, there's basically four, four different things going on with the heart that are just wrong. And so that requires a lot of work, but honestly, Bryn, all she really had that one hole in her heart that needed to be repaired. And and that was it. And so her doctor said that all she really needs to have done is, you know, just an annual checkup every year. And that's pretty much it. So to answer your second question, I'm not too worried about having more kids because you know, the, the chances of us having another kid with the same heart defect are very, very low. And I know now what I can handle. I know now, I now know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, if I do end up feeling scared and worried as I did with, with my daughter, I now know, don't keep the feelings to, you know, to yourself, Whitney, just freaking turn to your husband, turn to other people if you need to, and use social media as, as a journal. And that's, you know, it's, it's been a big decompressor for me to be able to share our story and my feelings, because I know that I'm not the only one that has experienced the worries, insecurities that comes from having a, you know, a a child that had a a heart defect. So Mm -hmm. that's it. I love that. Well, and I think for some reason, I feel like this needs to be shared, but I just love, sometimes it confuses me when people are like, yeah, I'm just not going to announce that I'm pregnant on social media until like we find out, you know, like everything's good until I pass 20 weeks until like the anatomy scan comes back and, or, you know, I don't miss cherry past 12 weeks or X, Y, Z. Like everybody has a different, I'm not going to share until X, Y, Z time. Right. And I just feel like there's been so many friends of mine that I didn't even know that they miscarried that I had no idea. And it's just one of those like, girlfriend, why did you force yourself to suffer in silence? And I I get it. Like some people are more private and they don't like feel the need to share everything on social media, which I totally, totally get. But at the same time, there's been a couple of people that they're like my best friends. And I'm like, excuse me, what? You didn't say anything? Like, girlfriend, do not, don't you dare go through that by yourself. Yeah. And I really truly believe every single life deserves to be celebrated and whether or not that baby makes it past 12 weeks, maybe you do miscarry, but do you, does that baby deserve to be celebrated? Do you mama deserve to be celebrated as a beautiful 
carrier for this amazing body, even if it was just for a few short weeks, yes, you deserve to be celebrated. That baby deserves to be celebrated, right? And Mm -hmm. you don't have to wait for perfect circumstances to feel like you can share, right? And I feel like that's exactly when social media turns bad is when all we're sharing is the happy, the positive, the upbeat, the yay, yay, yay. Look at me highlight reel. Right. Yeah. But when we can use social media as like you said, a journal, Mm -hmm. that's when we really connect on a deeper level. That's when it turns in, that's when it turns into so much more than I'm just scrolling scrolling my feed and seeing this vacation and that vacation and that new car and that weight loss and that perfect baby and that fabulous <laughs> hair. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like when we can re and I, I do feel like it's getting better. Thankfully, 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 I do feel like social media is taking a turn for like sharing the real, the raw, the vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but I think just having permission as moms to like some of the, some of the things that I get the most feedback about are like the posts where I <laughs> show my kids screaming and crying at witching hour when I'm trying to make dinner, you know, that they're like, yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not alone. Like, no, my kids scream and cry too. It doesn't matter if we went to the library or not. It doesn't matter if we went to the park or not. It doesn't matter if I played with them all day or not. <laughs> like they, they scream and they cry and they fight and it just, you know, yeah. so, so I think sharing, allowing yourself to have that, that journal, if you don't have that in other people, if you don't have that in a physical journey, it's journal, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Social media as that platform to connect with other people. And, yeah. and like you said, Whitney, like so many people come out of the woodworks of like, oh yeah, I'm going through something exactly the same or very similar but you would never have met those people if you kept the story in your mouth. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And especially now with us, with stinking COVID and, you know, unfortunately, like at least here in the the U S every state is so different as far as, you know, what they are able to do, what they, you know, are supposed to not do. Um, social media has kind of been a big blessing because, you know, we might be on it a little more than we were before COVID, but at least we're able to have the the tools and the sources to make those connections and at least have some type of emotional release with whatever it is that we are experiencing. Um, It's just done in a very different way, you know? And I, I, I remember when, um, so I went on a LDS mission back in 2013. And I came out at a time when the LDS church was announcing that, um, social media will be used to, you know, teach as a a source to, to teach as, as part of our, our missions. I remember, um, I think it was elder Perry who gave the, the address about the, the blessings and the positivity that comes from from social media. And that's kind of where I got my odd testimony of social media and how powerful it can be. It just depends on, on us and our mindset and how we use it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not all about, you know, like you said, look at me and you know, it's, it's not a glamor shot. It's not a glamor spot, whatever you want to call it. It's just about us trying to do good, do good 
by our friends, our family, our neighbors, do good by the world. And I think Heavenly Father has blessed us with social media to kind of use it as a positive tool so we can help bless the lives of, of others in a very, very different way. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, and that's just what I try to emulate on, on social media, because, you know, I, there can be a lot of crap on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, 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 it kind of sucks, but you know, I just feel like we just have to take social media with a grain of salt but also just do the best that we can to share our emotions and be 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 vulnerable and at the same time just be there for other people because honestly we have no idea what our words and our our attitude and what our I guess our intentions you know we don't know how it will be able to help other people in the long run I guess yeah, totally. Yeah. And it reminds me of just that, that concept of your mess truly becomes your message. Yeah. And, and I think that is a hundred percent when, when we connect with people, when social media becomes valuable, when you're able to take your mess. And for me, it's, it was mom guilt, right? Like mm-hmm. it's debilitating. I don't feel like I'm enough. And then you turn that into, you know what? I've found things that have helped me and now I'm going to help this be my message so that I hope yeah. I can just help one person today. You yeah. know, can you imagine going through COVID without social media? <laughs> I think oh. it's been so lonely, right? I do not want to even think about that. And I don't want to say I'm like uh, addicted to s- s- social media. I just got off of like a week long fast, but I cannot imagine going through quarantine and COVID without Instagram, Facebook, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, even just like knowing that other people are in the exact same boat as me and seeing like other moms who are just being creative and like finding ways to like do fun things still that I'm like, oh yeah, I could totally go on a drive. Oh yeah. We could totally have a picnic in our yeah carpet. Oh yeah. Like I do have a backyard to be grateful for. You know what I mean? Even just the littlest things that was, yeah. uh, Yeah. I can't imagine going through COVID life without, without social media. Oh yeah. (laughs) The connections that come even, you know, zoom and yeah. And technology and technology. So I'm just so grateful, but exactly. uh, Okay. Well, this was so good, my friend. Well, before we wrap it up, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners? I would just say, you know, if you don't let, oh, how do I, I, I want to say this. I would just say, you know, for those that are just having a hard time, no matter what it is, don't let Satan's influence just allow you to just live life in a very unhappy, just negative way. If you are going through anything, whether it's your child having open heart surgery, or you are experiencing any challenges in your marriage, relationships, XYZ, whatever it is, let God help you turn to him, 
Don't be afraid to express your fears, your worries with whoever it is, whether it's a friend, your neighbor, your sister-in-law, whoever it is, just don't, don't keep your feelings in because honestly, you will feel a lot better if you just talk to at least one person and they'll be able to help you in whatever way they can. Yeah. Amen. And along those lines, one more thing I want to add to is the, the one thing that got me through COVID anxiety, especially at the beginning and, and just anytime I'm feeling anxious or sad or worried or going through hard things with my kids or life, I, I have a practice of writing in my gratitude journal every single day. And it's, I heard that concept for so many years and I was like, I don't even know where to start. And it literally, it's just, I write down 10 things that I'm grateful for. And some days it's literally, I'm grateful. I have eyebrows. I'm grateful. I have eyelashes. I'm grateful for my hair. I'm grateful for my bed. I am grateful for my hands. I am grateful for my backyard, you know, and when you truly, I'm grateful for pens and pencils and, and markers and my toenails, you know, like when you really (laughs) allow yourself to stop and be still, and like, it's so easy to get into this place of fear and anxiety and worry and overwhelm and stress and man and anger and eh, right. And one of my family practices, we're not perfect at it, but one of like, when we feel each other, just like, we're just all grumpy. We're just all kind of getting at each other's throats, right? We stop and okay, let's say 10 things that we're grateful for. I'll go mm-hmm. first, right? And because it is literally impossible to feel blessed and stressed at the same time. Yeah. So when we, when we shift that energy to instead, like I'm grateful for my computer, I am grateful for my Apple watch. I am grateful for a dinner table. I am grateful for bananas, you know, whatever, like it literally shifts your brain and, and it, it just feels so much better and yeah. it's your energy almost immediately. Oh yeah. If you like, if mamas, if you're just going through something hard, whatever it is, I really want to challenge you to just, you know what? I, I recognize and feel I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm afraid. I'm upset. I'm X, Y, Z, whatever. Do exactly what we've been chatting about. Share your feelings somehow, some way, somewhere, and, and then turn to gratitude or maybe the opposite turn to gratitude first and then express your feelings somewhere, somehow, some way, it doesn't matter how you do it, but those two things have just been so transformational for me to give myself the permission to feel hard things, give myself the permission to write it out or speak it out and then turn to gratitude. Yeah. Uh, And, and don't be afraid to experiment, you know, because there's, you know, sure. We're we're talking about what has worked for, for us too, but here's the thing. No one is freaking the exact same person. mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like we're, we're all our, our, our own person. We're not the exact same as, you know, our, friends and family, that type of thing. So if you, if you want to experiment or find another way that can help you to at least get out the, the emotions and the heaviness that you are, are feeling. So 
Totally. And I've heard yeah. some people like, I just need to dance it out. There I you go. Punch it out. I just need to like get, change my, change my physiology. I need to work out. I need to go for a run. I need to, I need to take a nap so that I can press the reset button. I need, yep. I need to dance. I need to whatever, right? Like there's so many therapeutic things that way. And so, yeah, finding your, like, get out of your funk practice, if you will, to, to help you find that joy in your life. So yeah, mama, you deserve it. You deserve to feel joy. We all do. So yes. (laughs) Oh, good. Okay. Before we let Whitney go, how can we find you on social media? Um, so you can find me on Facebook at, uh, Whitney Payne Thorne. Um, or on Instagram, it's wit P thorn. So thorn has an E at the end. So it does. Um, you can go to Bryn's account, find me on her following followers, whatever you want to do, but it's wit P thorn, the crazy brunette. So I love it. However you, you want to do it. However you find it. Okay. Awesome. All right, my friends. Well, thank you. Thank you for tuning in and I will see you next week. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you for sticking around. If this message spoke to you today, please feel free to share it with someone you love. It would mean the world to me if you would leave this podcast a quick review from wherever you're listening from so that other mamas can find it too. Be sure to find me on Instagram so that we can be friends in real life. You can find me at Bryn Wise. Thank you for making the choice to become a mom. Thank you for loving your kids. Remember that you are doing better than you think you are. Remember to lean on your village. Remember the biggest contribution you make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And always remember, to give yourself grace.